I just want to say how grateful I am that I had a praying mother that prayed me through some times where I pulled some really stupid stunts when I was a kid. When I was 19 years old, I was doing drugs. I got a gram of Peruvian flake cocaine. If you don't know what that is, that's the purest form of cocaine that you can get. And I shot up a whole gram of cocaine in my arm. It should have killed me. But the reason I'm standing here before you, I believe, is my mother prayed protection over me night and day. We don't realize how important it is to have people praying for us. So I want to encourage each of you to pray for these young people over here. They face things that we never dreamed that that we ever faced, that we can imagine. So pray for these kids because they're the future of the body of Christ. Um... 
In your bulletin today is a testimony of a friend of mine. Read it. I encourage you to consider doing something similar. Maybe yours would be more hip and up to date as far as the style, but the point is the world needs to hear your story. All right, turning your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Paul introduces himself. This is a letter written to a church in Corinth. That's why it's called Corinthians. This is his second letter that he sends to the people in Corinth of Greece. He introduces himself as Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. The word apostle isn't some spooky meaning. It means someone sent from Jesus by the will of God and Timothy, our brother. So he's an apostle of Jesus Christ by God's will. He believes that. He believes he was predestined. This guy was on his way to persecute Christians and put them to death. And God knocked them down, made him blind, and apprehended his heart and revealed himself to him as the Savior. So Paul always believed that God chose him. And you may think you're here by accident, but I believe you've been set up by the Lord. He's revealing himself to you in some significant way today, hopefully not as dramatic as Paul's way. God can speak loud, but he rarely ever speaks any louder than he has to. And if he's knocking you down, making you blind, and speaking to you in an audible voice, you are really hard of hearing. To the church of God, which is at Corinth, 
with all the saints who are in all Achaia. Corinth is in Achaia like Granbury is in Hood County. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Verse 3 and 4 again. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. So God is the Father of Jesus. He's a Father of mercies. And He's a God of all comfort who comforts us in all our tribulation. Can we say all? That means no matter what you're going through, God is a God of comfort for you so that you can be able to comfort other people who are in any kind of trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. When you go through something difficult and God gives you comfort, it's not just for you. It's for you to give away to someone else who's going through something that needs for God to comfort them. God wants you and I to be his instruments. So when God gives you comfort, you have a tool of ministry to use at appropriate times. Some tools of comfort are made for public use and some are made for one-on-one use, depending on the issue with which you're comforted and how private or public the matter. This word of comfort is our testimony. Is God has comforted you in a bankruptcy maybe you went through or a divorce that he brought you out of or freedom from death when you took enough cocaine that it should have killed you. That's comfort. That's a testimony for you to share with others that can comfort their hearts when their son is on drugs or they're facing financial ruin or their marriage is on the rocks. You can bring hope with a hope that God has given you. This is your testimony. This is your witness. It's about so much more than just the day of your conversion. It envelops your whole life from your conception to your going home to glory. You have a story somebody needs to hear. How many's in a story in the making? You're in the test. The money hadn't made it yet. So Marietta has a testimony really fresh. I, I asked her to tell it to you. Something that's happening in her family right now. On uh, Thursday, my niece, who lives in Oregon, gave birth to a son. And a birth of a baby should always be a joyous occasion. But this was marred by the fact that this baby was only 25 weeks old, or 25 weeks in the womb. And it was marred by the doctor's report that the baby didn't have much of a chance of surviving at that, that age. So the parents who don't know God decided to not to try to save this little infant. So after he was born, the nurses placed the baby in the mother's arms where she held his hand between her thumb and her index finger, waiting for it to die. The baby wasn't offered any food or milk, no water, no hope. And the mother held that baby and the father held that baby and stroked it as it struggled 
for air. Well, an hour and a half goes by, and this infant is still alive. Fast forward, five hours later, this baby is still alive. A nurse noticed that something was wrong. For this baby to have lived unassisted for this long. So she called the NICU, Neo Intensive Care Unit, and asked them to come and look and make sure the assessment on the age was correct. And it was. But the baby's oxygen saturation was at 92%. A number of family members tried to convince the parents all through this last, these hours, to please get this infant help. But the parents put their trust into the doctors because they don't know what we know in this room. But what they didn't, didn't know or they did know is that the rest of us, the part of the family that knows God, were all praying and believing for this infant to come through. And this nurse violated every HIPAA law by calling Nick, NICU to come and assess this baby. After the tests were run, the doctor came in, and the parents now started wavering in this decision. The doc, they asked the doctor, what would you do? And he told them he would, if it were his son, he would give that infant every chance. So, And I don't have a report as of this morning, but I can tell you that as of very late last night, he was doing very well in the NICU. Good color, good oxygen, and he is a miracle. Even to the staff who said the staff had never seen, ever, a 25-week-old baby thrive, ever without any assistance. Oh, yeah, one pound, 11 ounces. Thank you. Thank you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Almighty God, we thank you that you are our comforter. We thank you, Lord, for this testimony, for the comfort that it brings to Marietta's family and to Marietta personally, that you're a God who hears prayer, you're a God that cares for our children. Lord, we pray that that reality would comfort every person in this room that may be tempted to wonder whether or not you care. Lord, you do care. And so, Lord, we pray that you would bring comfort to every heart that needs it today through this testimony in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to speak to you today on ministering our testimonies. Just like we heard today, a testimony. And we prayed that God would use it to minister to the hearts of those that need comfort in specific areas of their life. So it is that when we have a testimony, there's a way to give it that ministers life. Ministers life. Not death. 
So when someone's going through a hard time, to them it's a hard time, and their hard time may not be very much. So you want to share your testimony with anyone who's struggling and in despair in such a way that you don't belittle them for being swayed by such insignificant, small, puny little problems. But you minister life and say, you know, there is hope. Your story's not over. Let me share God brought me through something. Let me share my story with you. Our testimonies are like tools. It's not just a been there, done that thing. It is something to hold on. God has given it to you for you and I to use. And we overcome by those testimonies. So if you've not been testifying lately and you've been getting defeated, start speaking. Start sharing. As you encourage others, you're going to get encouraged. Like Job praying for his friends, you're going to find restoration where you need it. Start testifying. So your overcoming isn't just for you and I to overcome, but it's for us to help others to overcome. I think you got the point. Our testimony can live beyond our life. Like an arrow shot over a fence, your testimony can live beyond you. My friend Fred Orcutt, he's a Sunday school teacher at Lakeside Baptist Church and a chaplain at Harbor Lakes. When he passes on to glory, should the Lord tarry, his testimony will live on. It'll go on past the borders of his lifespan. So by all means, don't put your light under a bushel. Last Sunday, we spoke on harnessing our testimonies. I was on vacation a few years ago with my wife, and I woke up one morning, and these words were just in the air in front of me. I just knew they were there. I couldn't see them. I couldn't feel them. But just an awareness of real words being in the air. It's just kind of a weird experience. Never experienced it before or since. And the words were, harness the power of testimonies. I can't get away from it. I tried to get away from it, and I've tried to implement it here and there. So I decided this series, I'm laying this trip on you. I'm putting the burden on your shoulders. You have a testimony. Harness that thing and use it for the glory of God because your testimony has power. Pastor Dave Stone said, The ability to tell your story is perhaps the most effective means of outreach you will ever have. Why? Because our culture craves Real life stories. How else can we explain the success of some of what we see on reality TV? In fact, our need for story is downright physical. We can't sleep without dreaming, and we dream in stories. When you're tucked into bed by your parents, or you tuck your child into your bed, or your grandchild for a nap, what's the last thing they often say? Tell me a story. Tell me a story. We have a clock radio in our home, and I love that clock radio because it's an Internet radio. It's not a computer. It just taps into the Internet, and I tune in those old programs. Programs I didn't know were radio programs before they were on TV, like Dragnet. 10.05, we had a flat tire. Gunsmoke was on the radio. I listen to those things, and those stories just take me away, bring peace to my heart. Before you know it, I'm gone. Knock me out. My wife, not so much. They wake her up, so we compromise and listen to music. In harnessing our testimony, we want to be sure and tune our testimony. Not manipulate it, but tune it to be sure that it's accurate. I could tune this bass 
just right, E, A, and D, G, and it'd be great. Or I could over-tune it, stretch that string and pop it, or under-tune it, slack that string where it wouldn't make any noise at all. Either way, when you stretch the truth or diminish the truth, you don't have the truth. This brings us to my next point. You want to be free from diminishing your testimony. Don't play it down. If it happened to you, it's true. The power of testimonies is people can't argue with it. They'll try to belittle it many times. They can't argue with it. I love apologetics. If I go for a master's degree, I think it would be in apologetics. I love it. But I know apologetics is not near as powerful in convincing unbelievers as testimonies are. They are powerful. So beware of diminishing your testimony. It is one to stick to. In John 12, verse 28, Jesus prayed, Father, glorify your name. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Verse 29, the people who stood by heard it. Some of them said, that was thunder. Others said, that was an angel. Jesus answered, the voice did not come because of me, but for your sake. People may try to explain away your testimony. That's their problem that they do. The point is, you, you are the witness. You know, in court, we swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me, God. That's the kind of testimony we want to give. One that is not diminished or one that is not embellished. Would you like to hear another story from, can you top this? In 1969, my daddy became the pastor of First Pentecostal Church of Bloomington, Illinois. Wonderful people. We had a Facebook reunion a couple years ago, and we laughed about a couple of these stories. Pentecostal churches, traditionally, once a week they would have a normal service, but in the middle of the service they would have what they call testimony service. And that's where people stand up here and there in the crowd and testify. And this particular uh, night, I'll never forget this testimony, Ma Puckett. Yeah, Sister Puckett was from Kentucky. She stood up, grabbed the chair in front of her and said, I'd like to thank God for healing me of a tumor that was on my neck. His power came on me and that tumor fell off. If you don't believe it, I got in a jar at the house. We never took her up on it. But the embellishing got more and more dad began to call testimony service a game show this is called can you top this so it wasn't long till he was able to phase out that particular tradition they also had another tradition i'll just take can i take a rabbit trail they had another tradition they loved to sing during the offering now keep in mind they had service four times a week and took an offering at every single one of them so we'll cut the people some slack but they used to sing this song and my dad hated it just a dollar bill will do, just a dollar bill will do. Oh, you never can tell what the Lord will do. Just a dollar bill will do. 1969. When 1970 came, my dad changed the lyrics to that song. He said, saints, it's the 70s now. We've had inflation. Just a fiber tin will do. <laughs> All right, back to the sermon. We want to tune our testimonies. We want to be free from diminishing and free from embellishing. Just speak the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help you God. 
We want to improve our communication skills. If you're afraid of speaking to people, you've got to face that fear. God wants to heal you of that fear. Overcome it. You're looking at a guy that suffered with great inferiority. If I went to a high school reunion, no one would remember I even existed. I went through that thing as quickly as I could. took me four years, so it wasn't that fast. Didn't make any friends, just got it over with. I was scared of my shadow. My parents claim I didn't learn to walk till I was almost two. Well, I don't know if that's true, but I know I hate pain, so I probably took a while. Plus, being the firstborn grandson of both sides of the family, I'm sure there was plenty of people to carry me around. <laughs> Improve our communication skills. When my daddy took that church, it was like it was full of people with preacher's licenses who couldn't preach. And I would just cringe when they would preach. It's like, oh my God, this is so... They needed some training. And training is available to us. Our speech class at every school imaginable. If you're in high school and it's time to choose some electives, please do yourself a favor and choose speech class. Just do it. Oh, but art's so much more fun. Oh, you can do art later. Get speech over with. Do it. It's good. Good for you. If you're no longer going to school, find a Toastmaster somewhere and join it, and they will train you. And it's just a great help. The ripple effect of taking speech impacts your whole life, from confidence to communication to your ministry to the sharing of your testimony. I just want to lay that on you and leave it with you. In harnessing our testimonies, we want to walk our testimony. What we do speaks. Just as Jake Roberson was baptized today, this spoke of his faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of his Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. This spoke of his faith of being planted in the likeness of his death, rising to walk in the newness of life. This spoke of his faith to be filled with the Spirit and be used by God right where he's at. It's not just talking, but let your life be a message. Let your walk back up your talk. May our walk not contradict what we say. St. Francis said, preach the gospel everywhere and when necessary, use words. So there is a place for talking. People will either read our lives and open their Bibles or read our lives and close their Bibles. So what is our life saying? This is important. In harnessing our testimonies, it does involve talking, speaking, conversing, discussing, which means listening as well. You know, when we're in a discussion, we don't want to just wait for our turn to talk, but we actually want to listen. Recording, making recordings, telephoning, broadcasting. If you're in your elder years, if you're above 55, by all means, begin to record the testimonies of your life to give to the coming generations. Because when you pass, you will be forgotten and your descendants will have to learn lessons that you've already learned. Experience is the best teacher, but a better teacher is the testimony of the experienced. May our children live lives on our shoulders. May we give them a leg up on life through our testimony. So don't hold back. Your stories can be interesting. Communicate them boldly. Number four, we harness our testimonies by making them visual. You could use art, singing. When Scott sang that song, it just brought color to the testimony he gave before, didn't it? Music is such a blessing. Dancing, painting, sculpture, technology. You can use photography. 
videos, animations. I mean, the video we saw from Hallelujah Night was a testimony to the fun that we had, as well as a soundtrack that we we can have fun every day because our sins have been forgiven. We harness our testimonies by relying on the Holy Spirit's help and power. Jesus said, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost part of the earth. That's as though he's saying in Granbury, Toler, Texas, Mexico, and around the world. There's a town in New Zealand called Christchurch. And in Christchurch is a plaque, kind of a monument in that town. And that plaque reads something like this. This is the uttermost part of the earth. And based from where Jesus made that statement, on the Mount of Olives, looking at the globe, It's almost on the opposite side of the globe, as far as you can get from where Jesus made the commission. And the gospel made it there to the point the town's named after him, Christ Church. It's awesome. Relying on the Holy Spirit's power. And by writing. Writing, you can write by hand, you can write by typing, emailing, messaging, texting, through poetry, lyrics, rants, raps, laments blogging, social media, authoring brochures and books. It's easier now to write a book than it's ever been. You can do it yourself through createspace.com. You want to find out about that? Talk to me afterwards. And by all means, take advantage of this free opportunity to be equipped next Sunday. If you can at all make it from 3 to 5, come and I love to write. I write all the time. But I'm going because I want to improve my writing skills. When I write something, I want people to read it. Amen. If you have a problem with writing things and nobody reads them, well, it's time to sharpen up. Make them turn the page by wondering what you're going to say next. Gospel is too good to make it boring. By all means, get a grasp of the language that God has given us. He created us with the ability to communicate. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Philemon says, Paul wrote this to a man named Philemon, he says, I thank my God making mention of you always in my prayers, hearing of your love and faith which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. We all have some good things to testify about it. And the sharing of our faith becomes effective when we begin to acknowledge all the good stuff God has done. This is why praise and worship is so important. It keeps a thankful heart active. It keeps our eyes sharp to the goodness of God so that we're not like spoiled kids taking things for granted. No, God has blessed us. And as we acknowledge every blessing that he's brought to us, we have a testimony in our heart, and sooner or later it's going to spill out to somebody. It is. How to minister our testimonies. 
Don't forget where you came from. Some people were hell raisers. When they got saved, they had such a radical change, now they go to bed at 6 o'clock. God didn't save us so we'd become boring people. He saved us to give us a mission. If we don't have a mission, we may as well just drink some Kool-Aid and check on out of here. Prepare yourself to be ready to testify. Get ready. Get your testimony ready. Practice it. Write it out. Lord, I want to be ready just to testify of your goodness. Some point in your life, there's something good that you can tell somebody about. To minister our testimonies, we must identify personally with hurting people. Maybe you've never had a flat tire on the road. And you don't know what it feels like. Do you want to go through it so you can know what it feels like? No, just use your imagination. Lord, thank God I've not walked through that. But I can imagine a hernia is agony. Or I can imagine this is traumatic. Put in your heart compassion that we need to minister life. Those of us who've been Christians for a long time, just by virtue of living by the wisdom in these pages, we can have minimal prayer requests. I mean, wisdom will just remove the need for prayer requests. But don't become judgmental. If you'd read the Word of God, you'd know what it took to live life. Oh, God help us to identify people with people who are hurting. And you live life long enough, you'll see. You may do everything perfectly, and yet problems come your way. Remember Job? Look for the opportunity to share your story. You don't want to hear my story, do you? That's not looking. You like to hear a good story? Yeah. Well, this happened to me. You're looking. Looking. Being brave. Being aggressive. Communicate the relevant parts of your testimony. Don't get into all the dogs you had as a kid. I mean, that's not totally relevant. Unless it's a dog kind of conversation, and you can use that to segue in. But, you know, stay relevant. I have a friend that I get lost whenever this person talks to me. Not revealing the person's gender, so you can't guess. When this person tells a story, my God, there's so many subplots. I get lost and confused. And when the conversation's over, I have no idea what happened. person needs a speech class. Speak clearly and deliver the truth in love. Speak clearly. If you've had your tongue split, get it put back together so you can speak the English language clearly. And deliver the truth with love. And by all means, become bold. The Bible says the righteous are bold as a lion. You may have settled yourself back. Well, I'm just not a very brave person. Well, that's not the end of the story. You're going to have a testimony of how the Lord made you brave. So begin to work on it. Don't wait till you get in some kind of circumstance where you're forced to be brave, but begin to work on it. Face your fears. What are you afraid of? Somebody going to kill you? No, they might laugh at me. Really? And that's the end of the world? They stink when they don't bathe just like anybody else. So what are we doing being so afraid of people laughing at us? Well, I might be mocked. I might be bullied. 
Why do I speak so passionately about this? Because I faced mine, and it was ridiculous having the kind of teenage years I had. Totally stupidity. Thank God for his delivering power. Make a decision to conquer your fears and stop making truces with them. Well, I'll say hi if they say hi. No, go say hi. You say hello, I say hello. What's that, a song? Become a holy adventure hunter. I want some more testimonies. Who wants some more testimonies? You got to go hunting. Make yourself available. Go on a mission trip. Go help somebody. Sign up for the, you don't even have to sign up. Just show up in the mobile food pantry and meet some people with some real problems. Go on adventure. It's exciting. The Christian's life more than just making sure all your bills are paid because you're a good steward. No, man, there's people to help. We got to get our hands dirty in the trenches of life. Go on an adventure. Amen. Is Scott Webster here today? One day he couldn't take his boring Christian life anymore and he went and bought him two loaves of bread and some peanut butter and made a bunch of sandwiches and by himself drove down to Skid Row in Fort Worth and began to pass them out. Just burning up to do something for God, something for somebody else. Help somebody who's hungry because he was so blessed. Well, I'm going through a dry time. I'm going through a trial. Well, that's great, but let's help somebody. And you watch. He who waters will himself be Be assured, there are people who need to hear you. They may say they don't want to hear Christians. They need to hear you. They need to hear you. If a person's raging with a fever and you pray for them and they still have a fever, what do they need? More prayer, but what else? Some aspirin. Some water. Well, I don't like the taste of aspirin. It doesn't taste good. Well, swallow it without chewing it. People need you. They need your story. They're going to hell. They need your story. Don't hold back on them. They need it. Spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down, so do something nice for them as you tell the story. They need it. If you don't think people need your story, watch this. My name is Alan Drake, and I'm here with a small team from Clearpath Church. We came all the way from Dallas, Texas, to Leipzig, Germany, to minister to people here in the parks and in this festival, the Goth Festival, which is an annual festival that attracts 20,000 people. And so we came to demonstrate the love and the power of Jesus Christ to the people at the Goth Festival and the people in the city of Leipzig. I believe in a God, but not possibly the God. Uh, I don't. Uh, I haven't finished asking the question to myself. I don't believe in God. I believe uh, on a uh, life after death. A God is, uh, well, sort of a creator, a creative God. Right now, I believe in love. Odin. No. Odin is my, my belief is Odin uh, or Merlin. I'm uh, a Christian, yes, and I believe in the, in the Christian church, yeah. Uh, kind of God, but not this God as Christ, Christian. And I think this is, for me personally, this is a, a great belief. 
For me, there, there is no God. Um, I think we are uh, anti-Christ. <laughs> there is no God, so there's nothing to believe. Now I think that everything we are is energy, and when we die, uh, the energy goes back to the planet. He, he, he made everything, and I'm cool with that, but he sort of, well, if not turned away, he probably doesn't care anymore. Jesus said that the harvest is truly plentiful and the workers are few. And while this harvest in Leipzig, Germany might be a little darker, I believe that Jesus would go straight into this harvest to reach the lost. This is EI's heart, to reach people right where they're at. This is why we have mobilized a team of Americans and Germans to the 2012 Gothic Festival here in Leipzig, Germany. In Acts chapter 4, the early church was threatened. Their leaders had been arrested. It didn't look good. Peter and John were bold. They came back and gave the report to the church. They had a prayer meeting. And during that prayer in verse 29, they said, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. So those that were on the day of Pentecost who were already filled were refilled. They got some more right here. And the evidence was speaking the word of God with boldness. With boldness. Lord, let's pray. You see the things we're afraid of. You see the strongholds that threaten us and the things we wrestle with. And we ask that you would grant to us boldness so that we may speak your word and that you would stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders would be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And Lord, we pray that as we do, that you would fill us to overflowing with your spirit, even here today, overfill us with your spirit so that we can have more than enough boldness to give to others in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that every person here would realize their story is important, even for the person that cut their teeth on the church pew and they don't remember being un, unchurched. Lord, they have a testimony because of the good things you've done in their life. Somewhere during the course of our life, we see your intervening hand, and we have stories to tell that the world needs to hear. And so, Lord, we want to say forgive us for being afraid. Forgive us for undervaluing your blessings. Forgive us, Lord, for not sharpening our sickles to be useful in the harvest. Lord, make us your laborers in your harvest field to share your goodness with everyone we meet. Lord, commission us, empower us. In Jesus' name, amen. In a minute, I'm going to call the ministry team forward. And as they come forward, if you'd like prayer for anything, maybe prayer for boldness, maybe prayer to be filled with the Spirit, prayer for a need or some tribulation that you're going through, prayer for comfort or prayer for wisdom, we'll be up here to pray for you. At this time, I'm going to ask the ministry team to come forward. And if you need prayer, come forward with them. All right, just come on down. Come on down.